In this episode, Vinny breaks down the rich ad campaign of his $40 million a year supplement business. It is absolutely amazing. Vinny is the king of boring businesses. He is also the founder and CEO of Accountability, which is the back office for many of today's largest D2C and e-commerce brands. He talks about all kinds of financial principles on how to think about reinvesting into your ad spend, how to think about uh, reinvesting into your growth, how to be a protector or defender of your profit margin uh, in the, the company. And he also talks about really how to avoid situations that are ultimately going to crush your cash. It's an amazing episode. I hope you enjoy. Something big deal. I had to make the things that weren't working in our current offer set my new things. I know that sounds really weird, but that was the only way in the early days I could overcome this like shiny new create stuff because I felt like new created more momentum than fixing what was right in front of me. listening to the Rich Ad Poor Ad podcast, where we break down the financial principles that rich advertisers are deploying today to turn advertising into profit and get tons of traffic to their websites without killing their cash. These advertisers, agencies, affiliates, brands are responsible for managing over a billion dollars a year in ad spend. You'll hear about what's working for them today, their rich ads, and we'll roast their epic failures and crappy ads on the internet with poor ads. Let's get into it. Welcome to another episode of the Rich Ad Poor Ad Podcast. This is your host, Zach Johnson. And in today's episode, I think our guest absolutely represents the perfect intersection of finance, marketing, and advertising. He is the founder and CEO, I should say co-founder and CEO of Fully Accountable, which is a fractional CFO service for e-commerce uh, online marketers, digital marketers, software businesses, and some of the really some of the biggest advertisers in in the game uh, today. So, you know, a ton about finance, but also is a founder and chairman of several other companies. One of which is a massive brand doing eight figures, spending tons of money on ads, and uh, called Fight Age Laboratories. We're going to dive into uh, their ad campaign. His his quote. Uh, not mine, but uh, Fight Age <laughs> Labs sees more traffic by 9 a.m. than than most uh, websites do in a whole week. So, Dylan, are you ready for today's guest? Oh, yeah, man. I got to buckle up because I feel like this is going to be a funny one. <laughs> this podcast was made for Mr. Vinny Fisher. I'm so excited to have Vinny on the show. Welcome. How are you doing, Vinny? Hey, Zach. Thanks for having me. I think it's important that we also let everybody know that we had a significant breakthrough pre-show where we decided to rename Dylan to Dylan. I think that's important. That <laughs> that's people right. know that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. We had a big breakthrough this morning, not just traffic. <laughs> we had some name changes. You know, hey, we, I'll tell you, it's bigger than Janet Jackson's miss at the Super Bowl. So this is huge. So this is good. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. All right, Dylan. Let's, let's dive into it. Let's do it. So, so Vinny, I just have to say, man, I'm super impressed with, with our whole interaction before this podcast. You truly embody what it means to be the a chairman of a company uh, because you had to call your CEO to get the domain of the company or the board that you chair. I think that that is just some serious level management skills to show that you're 
literally like that far removed from the day-to-day operations. And I think that's a huge testament to uh, your your leadership and organizational capabilities. So my hats. Well, thank my you hat for that. That could actually you. expose some incompetence too. I appreciate that. But <laughs> you're you, incompetently that, competent, is like you like to say. I, I, I'll tell you though, on that subject, you know, I I'm actually seem to be living that subject every day right now. Where there's this tension I had in the early part of my career, and I. And when I say tension in the early part of my career, this is a real tension that just sticks with you. I I think of it like other people who struggle with anything in their lives. Like for me, I, I'm always going to have a food addiction to sugar. One of these <laughs> things in business that I always have a struggle with is knowing I can do really good at something or really well, better than even others at something uh, where you have this like hero complex. And I've had to learn mm. to be okay with having 70% of the information and 70% of the stuff in order to make a quick, good, wisdom-filled decision to move forward. And so I have to practice not actually having control or access to a lot of things in order to make and help grow the leaders of the organizations we have. And so, you know, in order to be a chairman of, you know, three of those four companies do eight figures in business, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, to be able to operate, you know, across uh, 150 people that look to us for payroll and to be able to have, you know, spin on a dime on, have an ad discussion, then have an HR discussion and then look (laughs) at banking and then like, the reality is you can't run those things. And I made massive mistakes in my career where I took my high propensity to go fast and pulled a lot of levers in different places. And sadly, you've known me long enough to watch me break two or three great companies <laughs> with that like arrogant, I can do it all attitude. Oh my gosh, man. <laughs> you know, it, it uh, I, I, uh, you're definitely much further down the road on that journey. And I feel like I'm still learning that. Uh, but I'm really excited to have you on this show, man. You uh, have so much experience, you know, not only at this, this chairman level of running several eight figure companies, uh, but you're helping so many uh, folks in advertising that spend seven, eight figures a year, getting a grip on their finances. And you know, I would say like pre fully accountable, <laughs> like the space was just like looking at your your Facebook ad metrics, and and uh, and making a decision as to whether you're gonna you know scale up or down. And uh, so I'm I'm more excited about really talking about financial principles, you know, and the strategies that, that you guys are are teaching and working with your clients today. But for the sake of the show, I want to dive into the rich ad of what's working now for fight age Labs. So Vinny, can you break it down for us? What, what is this? What is this ad campaign that is, that is gotten you guys to what? I mean, you know, several multiple eight figures. I don't even know if you want to break down <laughs> some of those numbers. I'm going to give you the bigger secret and it's actually a much broader answer than some of uh, the details in the ad. You know, one of the reasons that FightAge is on a rocket ship of growth has to do what happened to our economy. You know, um, FightAge actually lives in niche products, right? Nerve pain, uh, ear ringing, fungus, things that are not, you don't sit around the kitchen table being excited about those are your products, right? They do real (laughs) things, but they're 
You, you don't you don't go, oh my gosh, I love that you sell toe fungus. No, it doesn't <laughs> ever happen. But here, here, here's why that company is doing quite well. It's got it's it's obviously got it's got to do a good job for the client. So it's got to meet that need first, right? Mm. But like and it's got a good breakage rate, right? Sub 10%. And it's got mm. all the things that are necessary to be able to operate a business. Like the, like if you're trying to go out and have a converting offer, but you have a 20% plus refund rate and your breakage is all over the place, you're just leaking so much on the backside that I don't mm. care how well you perform. You're just going to bleed to death slowly, giving all your cash back and handing it either back to the customer or dripping it out before the bottom line ever hits. I, I can think so mm. many months in my when I would run so hard at increasing my EPC and I would just like we wonder... I do a million dollars a month in sales and I wonder where's all the money in the bank account? Well, I was just slowly giving it all back because I didn't have a quality ecosystem for the client. But right now things have massively changed. We have run for the last, you picked the number, at least seven years in this abundant economy where everyone has thought like goal mm. orientation. What am I going to do for the next five years of my life? What am I, <laughs> where do I want to spend this extra little margin that I have? And all the fiscal principles that kind of go along with tighten and hard cash flow and things not like being as loose as possible. We haven't had any of that for the last seven years. And so mass market in ad placement has prevailed. So brain and weight loss mm -hmm. and all your favorite little, you know, things that everybody jumps on because they, they they don't innovate, they just copy, right? They they that's been what's been predominant. Then comes in March 11th and everything starts to change, right? Since we're on an anniversary date, we'll just stick to the 11s, right? And all of a sudden, everyone starts <laughs> keep having an abundant attitude when we no longer have an abundant mindset. And the things that worked with abundance, like like dreaming and get ready for and like having a summer ready attitude. Like how many times have you joked in your marriage or you heard your kids say, or things like, Oh, I just want to get summer ready. And all of the good supplementation stuff that people do to, to add to their health regime work quite yeah. well. Well, all yeah. of that stuff is gone because people are just trying to win the day. Well, one of the things I've been trying to say to people, and I hope they hear me more than the metrics, is if you want to win in a category right now, you have to find the niche, not the abundant, big mass part of it, because you're going to win in the niche. And that yeah. is where you are watching some massive health brands really, really succeed. And we're one of them. And so the re we're... We're, we're the number one spot in multiple ad networks on email, on display, because I can show you multiple ad sets at work. But I think the better principle is to think about like why that would overcome. Because this time of year right now, usually you would see predominant brain supplement. You'd see predominant energy because students mm. back in school, people wanting an edge at work. That stuff is all diluted because no one has an abundant mindset right now. They're just trying to get to Thanksgiving without having to wear a mask. 
Mm. Benny, you're like the king of boring businesses and you crush them. <laughs> I mean, like, like fight age, you're right. Like prostate, fungus, joint relief. This, these are, these are not like boring, sexy. No one cares. And then you started a back office solution for like a <laughs> fractional CFO. And you're working with like a kid. out of my mind, Zach, they still do. Right. They like, you're never going to make that work. My own partner who I got the call a co-founder was like, you know, when we get this thing to a small business, what do you think we're going to do? And now we're like <laughs> the largest in the space where I have over 75 people on the team. I'll tell you something right now. I, that's another grandpa principle to bring into this show. I used to take my high propensity to move fast and excited and stay in the sexy things that won me like the digital marketer of the year at traffic and conversions. <laughs> And, and all those fun things. I love to market. I love to write copy. I would break our own company because of my boredom. I have actually learned to celebrate things that don't move around so quickly. The little movements, me stepping away a little bit, this 70% principle, because boring actually puts more money in the Fisher empire. Ooh, yeah. you're, you're first on the Rich and Poor podcast. Boring. Puts money in Vinny's pocket. I love it, man. Oh, I'm so guilty of this. I'm so guilty of this. This is like speaking to my soul right now. Vinny. You know how many times I hear someone go, "Oh, I'm killing it in TikTok," and like the the, the crack addict in me wants to go jump open a TikTok account and like go crazy. <laughs> and then I'm like, "Wait a minute, is that actually? Am I going to do that for more than two weeks? <laughs> am I actually going to do that?" Or, or does that just sound like crack juice that's going to hit me in my little like one channel to turn on? Is that my like YouTube dream that never went and happened? And so like, I, I can't tell you. And maybe because I'm finally at this stage where other people, you know, when you have four CEOs and three COOs who like roll mm -hmm. up you, you suddenly start thinking like, how do I help them win instead of making yourself win? But regardless of all that, boredom is actually a compliment. It used to be seen to me as um as a discouragement. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh! So when you talk about coming back to this, this rich head here, when you say the breakage, like what are some of the things that the audience can take away in terms of like to go clean that up, to go patch that up, right? If they've got over twenty plus percent breakage on 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 the back end, what are some of the things that you've done or empowered other people on your team? To, to shore that up that's allowed you to hit the, the level of scale that you're at right now? Well, I'll tell you something. I mean, that George Rivera, who's my dear pal, who really is this creator of Fight Age and all the stuff that goes on there. And, you know, he came to me exasperated and before our business deal and said, I, I can't seem to make some of these things work. I quickly identified looking at the, all of it that he was so great at acquiring the customer but he didn't do a great job of, of sticking along for the journey with the customer. And, mm. and, 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 and I was able to identify that because all I had to do was look in the mirror. I care more so much about acquiring that first sale instead of keeping someone around. And it showed up in their journey. They were high breakage. We quickly came in and said, wait a minute. Is this how you want to be treated as a customer? Fine, great. The product works. You meet the basic promise. But if you meet the basic promise, you think that's going to really like help add value to the numbers? The, the mistake is it's already expensive to ship something in a box. It's already mm -hmm. expensive. You know, 42 cents of every dollar is spent on ad placement. 
right? It's already expensive on average in e-commerce to win the customer. And then add to that 42 cents, your 13 to 16 cents you got to spend to re-engage the same customer you already have. So 55 cents of every dollar is either spent on a new or re-engaging a customer you already have to buy. So if you have a refund rate that's above 12 to 15%, show me where your money's being made because it doesn't exist. It's all gone because that at what point, where's your margin? So, you know, we made a decision that this type of business can profit between 22 and as high as 30% margin at the bottom. And if that's true, then we took the principles at Fully Accountable. You know, they have a staff and they, you know, FightAge, all of our sister companies buy time and a service from our own parent company. And we, we laid out what are the things that are important to us. We want a 22% profit margin at the bottom. Okay, great. What are the things that are really broken? And when you break down the benchmark, well, we had a high refund rate. We had a high cost of goods. Our ad placement, we found out that we were across too many channels. We were trying to be in every place because every one of our buddies were there. We shut four channels off immediately. And then I separated the front of the department from the back. And this all happened in board meeting. I didn't do the work, right? They went and executed. Thank goodness for them. And and you know Kevin and our COO and Chris and George, they all fought and argued and no, that's not going to work. The old boy's wrong. They did it. And now we're sub 10% refund. Our acquisition costs in certain channels are below 30%. The re-engagement rate, the membership up, when all of those things increase, you start looking at better principles, like your ad sets. And you say, how much of my capital do I want to redeploy in the new customers? So you can look at things like, okay, I only want to take 25% of my free cash flow and buy new customers. Okay, why would you say something like that? Whoa, mm. that's a good financial principle. But why would you ever think like that when most e-commerce people will spend every dollar in their pocket to get more customers and they'll live for margin some magical day in the future? That's actually a really bad lie. The direct-to-consumer space is about, is if it already isn't in it, is about to go through a massive disruption where this idea of just win the eyeballs is going to cause a lot of people to disappear. Some real good old tested principles of how much of your free capital to redeploy for new customers, it's been traditional that that number has been 25%. You're going to see some of those things come back. And I'm confident that some of the really strong brands in direct-to-consumer, the DTC space, uh, mm -hmm. is going to start to realize that not only is cash king, but you can get paid twice. You can make a margin now, and your net asset value of your company can be valuable to somebody else. I brought those principles into this company. We've tripled, almost quadrupled in size, and better, we have more than doubled its profit margin. That's the more exciting part. Of it. Wow. Oh my gosh. Let's just let's just leave the show, Dylan. Let's just let Vinny roll because you're <laughs> you're just like <laughs> killing it, Vinny. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I love it. So talk to me about <clears throat> making these decisions and and you know, a, like a lot of these folks are making these decisions retroactively, right? Like it, sometimes like if they're not working with fully accountable, maybe on a quarterly basis, may, you know, definitely not at the end of the month because people are closing the books for a couple of weeks. Uh, like, how do you guys fix this over at fully accountable in terms of taking some of these 
principles and these benchmarks in terms of how much like I love the reinvesting 25% of your free cash flow back into growth and in back into advertising because it becomes systematic and yep. and not emotional, right? And especially as we go into Q4, so much emotion is going into like, we're going to just absolutely spend as much as humanly possible going into like Black Friday. And like, it's very, it, it's, it is not uh, as thought through as what you just described. Actually, uh, a great designer brand uh, that is a friend of mine, I'm going to leave the name of her company out of this discussion, had that same uh, attitude going into spring break in March. She wanted yeah. to go kill it in inventory, get a pre-buy in place. Now, she didn't do anything wrong. Would she have ever predicted a pandemic? But she crushed mm -hmm. her cash by having so much of luggage designer inventory sitting in place. How much luggage do you think has moved since April? <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> I know. That sucks. Right now. And she is literally hanging on trying to make it to that segment coming back. Well, the same thing is true uh, as you look at kind of ad set spend. We, we will just dive in and uh, spend the money. I, I want to say this about Fully Accountable. We they we have learned to just stay in our lane at all things digital right e-commerce you know mm -hmm. software membership all digital right all our people only speak one language but i want to say this anyone else can do this the only mm. thing you're getting from us is expertise time and resources mm. you mm -hmm. could do this yourself we're not we're not doing anything you couldn't do the reality is that the investment of time spent doing it is the most important equation. So at every day, the reason we win at FightAge is there's a team, a data analyst, a controller, and a CFO that wake up and their job it, from the CFO's perspective is to find out only one metric, the profit margin of the company. What is impacting it? The data analyst, their job is what happened in ad creep? Did we go above our thresholds? Are we spending outside of that 25% threshold and are, is the solving for X, how much we're willing to spend out of every dollar. And let's just call that 42 cents, the magic thing. If we spend above 42 cents, are we hurting margin? And then of course, we love the controller because that person's making sure we get our deposits, that we have our payments out, that the thing is free and flow and moving. Anybody can do this in their company, fully accountable, just went out and packaged and created a way to help the company win. I don't, I don't want to act like you need to hire fully to like magically land something on the moon. You're actually buying time for it to be done by an expert. And so the reality is what they do is they break down the P&L on a daily basis. When you have a lot of transactions rolling through and you don't have somebody responsible for those three categories, then you're just guessing. Yeah. Well, I, I would say you guys have done a lot because you've productized strategy and like, you know, there's a company here in Austin, Scale Factor. These guys raised like a hundred yeah. and some odd million. And all they really do is bookkeeping, man. But there is yeah. no strategy. They were order takers, right? Like you tell me about your business. You tell me like how to do accounting. And yeah, like the 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 founder like sold this big dream to, to VCs. But at the end of the day, 
it was just a bunch of bookkeepers here in Austin. And there really was like no tech. And yeah, there was no tech. Well, the worst part was it was sold AI that was a bunch of background work being done while <laughs> everyone was sleeping. So yeah, the bottom dollar bookkeeping is going to produce bottom dollar results. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I feel like uh scale factor was like artificial intelligence. Fully accountable is actual intelligence. <laughs> uh, hey, listen, the secret sauce is we just stayed in the lane doing the work. You yeah. know, from my perspective, fully accountable is an ROI on labor, right? You hire humans to yeah. do human work, and we produce results because we we've invested in all the resources and the stuff and the training. But for, I we got to remember something. I built this to solve my problem. You don't call me up and go. I, you know, you don't even wake up and think. You know, I want Vinny as my CFO. You think like that. You have bigger <laughs> problems in your life. But I've got a stable of them now, and people thought I was out of my mind investing in a service company back six years ago. Now, now it is a darling. It's exploding in growth. We're quite thankful. We have all the wonderful problems of a big service company as it continues to staff out and deal with those things. But the key ingredient there is literally the CEO of the e-commerce company has to decide that he or she wants to be a defender of a profit margin in the company. And at that point, once you actually want to win just more than the top line, you want to win the bottom line, you start to think about things like your back office way differently. And you'll start to you know, have a profit center mindset around your back office because you actually want to not just gain a customer, you want to profit. Oh, man. There's this guy we talked to, gosh, maybe a week or two ago. He had a massive F, uh, exit in the advertising space. I think it was a company called AdPub back in the day and sold for like $700 million. And normally in this this <clears throat> venture-funded you know, arena, it's win at all costs. But his rule of thumb was like, we will not create any new products that don't have a 40% profit margin. <laughs> He's like, yes, we could maybe serve our customers better. Yes, maybe <clears throat> we could expand into growth. But that was like his number one rule before he had any product or expansion uh, conversations in the company. And I thought that was like incredibly, incredibly rare to, to see that in the space. This episode is brought to you by Funnel Dash's ad card, the only charge card exclusively for your digital ad spend. And if you're an ad agency that manages seven or even eight figures a year in media and ad spend for your clients, and you're looking to double your profits over the next six to 12 months, then check out AdCard. See, the typical agency model is this. You charge 10% of your spend, and you make 10 to 20% margin at the end of the day. So that's really one to 2% of your client's spend that is profit in your business. The easiest way to double that is to really find a way to earn in that one to 2% cash back of the card that is on file of your clients' ad account. And before AdCard, what you had to do was invoice all your clients for their ad spend up front, which is really difficult on a cash flow basis and very difficult ask. And then you had to put the card on your own Amex or whatever card of choice to get that level of value back into your business. With AdCard, it's entirely different and streamlined. You simply get your clients on AdCard and make yourself the agency of record and you'll get the cash back as long as you're managing the ad spend. It's a great way to double your profit without doing any additional work. Check it out at FunnelDash.com. Okay, dial in 
let's dive in, man. Let's roast. Let's roast a shitty ad here. Let's, let's look at this poor ad. Oh, it's prime time, y'all. You know, it's very COVID oriented. Go ahead and check out that email, Vinny. Um, yeah. We got a special one today. I did some digging to see if it was still active. Actually, it's not active. Um, they changed the page name a couple times. <laughs> so, yeah, we have a pretty crappy ad on deck here, y'all. Vinny, what do you so, think, man? This is this just, is this one of your clients? This is not one of your clients. <laughs> actually, this is my product. <laughs> no. uh, yeah, I, I I'll tell you. You know, the funny thing is, we saw this a bunch a bunch of clients jump on. You know, trend trend advertising. Yes. Uh, is 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 an interesting animal. It's a great sometimes clickbait way to jumpstart things. You'll hear people use the word pivot, right? Like, what can they do during this time? Some people did quite well in the trend advertising, jumping on uh, some of the items that were early on uh, effective, like in this pandemic. And hand sanitizer was obviously one of them. This ad is awful. (laughs) (laughs) You know, one of the shames that I think that I think people should take away from this segment of the show. Uh, at least from my my this is where um people copy stuff and assume it works mm-hmm. and the what i instead of like breaking down why to have this thoracic view of someone's coughing thing be awful on a page God, what, what does coughing have to do with hand sanitizer but i guess it does but um i forgetting picking on the the elements of the ad i, I think that people see something and they run it up and then they live with this awful ad cost, knowing that it, it's at least producing sales for them. The worst thing that I could ever have happen to any of my marketing team on any of our companies is we make just enough sale to think something crappy works. <laughs> oh, man, I, I, uh, I, you're so consistent here all the way through, Vinny, like jumping right <laughs> at this, like this anti-trend marketing i mean this is like anti-ty lopez here because he's all about the trends but uh this is like every one of your businesses as i'm going down your linkedin profile right now it's just a boring 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 not like none of these businesses you've been involved with have been anything remotely to to do with trends am i wrong on that or i want to be clear i love checking out the best headlines in buzz sumo i love looking (laughs) for trending don't get me wrong. That's great headline work. But one of the things, so in my stage of my career, I woke up and realized I want to be paid twice. Trend marketing doesn't get you paid twice. Mm. It, might, it might, if it converts, get you paid right now. But you're not going to build any real asset value for the for the future. And so there's no consistency in the strategy. But listen, I, I want to be honest. Like There are people who needed to do some of this stuff just to get through the last quarter or two of their life. And so I'm happy for them. I have a client right now I'm thinking about that did this in hand sanitizer and with some immunity stuff, they had to do it. Now, at the same time, that same client um, crossed over some lines and got themselves into a little bit of a pickle with one of the regulatory bodies with some language. And that's another risk that happens Mm -hmm. with, um, with trend marketing is you have to in order to get eyeballs and conversions, you got to push really hard and run some compliance categories that um, in order to produce results. So I don't think sometimes, you know, I was raised in the ghetto. And so I don't think that 
people sign up to do the crime uh, because they don't really have any of, they don't think about the time uh, that that comes on the penalty box. And so they don't really. Man, you are just um, full of these amazing sayings today. Uh, I want to get paid twice. Trend marketing only pays once. Oh my gosh. Like, uh, what, we well, just pay due to the time and the crime. They joke, and there's like someone on our marketing team who's always like, oh, I got to write down these miniisms. And someday I think I'm going to get like some really bad mashed up like you used uh, one earlier it was like cr crash your cash or, or like crush your cash i mean like you're just full of them man i love it <laughs> we're gonna have a ton of sound bites back. we're gonna have like oh, sound bites for years off this episode we should go on the road zach we should do it we can bring dialing with us uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right Vinny. so this next segment is just like right up your alley you've already just over delivered across the board here but Walk us through some financial principles for the advertiser heavy, the advertiser centric, advertiser first, you know, business owner that is really dr driving all their business decisions off of their their ad performance here. What are some do's and, and some don'ts that, that you guys are um, helping your clients with over at Fully Accountable, but also these these uh, these folks can uh, take back to their teams as well? You know, so the whole creation of Fully Accountable was was around me. Like I, at the time we launched Fully Accountable, the end of 14, with Alive to the World in the early 15, you know, I had seven operating companies and, and, and no bragging, sadly, I was operating almost all of it, right? And I, I just would chase whatever channel everyone said was working. And I remember in... You know, you, 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 my first health company, you know, we, we broke that one tragically because someone said, oh my gosh, Facebook's working today. And instead of like thinking about how to redesign the ad for Facebook, I would just take my crappy email ad and go put it in Facebook and assume it would react the same way. And one of the things that now fast forward six years later, that I, I don't work day to day with clients, right? So I don't actually like look at their stuff. Like friends of ours that you would know, notable people would call me and say, well, you know how I'm doing. I'm like, no, I have no idea. But if you'd like to like share with me, then we can talk about it. One of the fun things that I get out of talking to our CFOs or one of our data analysts is they'll come back with very consistent principles that don't change. And so I'll give you my favorite one that, you know, it's kind of like a, a Richard Koch, you know, 80, 20, 20 mm -hmm. pre-creative principle. There are too many people running, too many companies running in too many channels. You know, and the 80-20 principle, the first move that a, a, a brand specialist will make or like a someone who's a workout person will do is they'll drop 80% of the SKUs that a company has and focus on 20% of the SKUs. That same Oral surgery, I picked oral, because I could have picked a different one. Oral surgery hap should happen at where you're running your traffic. What I would say right now, first and foremost, is there should be this lockdown on running on three channels. And if you run on more than three channels, then you are trying to be in too many places. Now, are there good companies running in more than three channels? Yes. And they're the ones that, that 
you're looking at their season three or four of their business. You're not looking at season one of their business. They, you, you know, my friend uh, Drew Canoli over at Organifi, he did such a great job. I'm going to shout out to him about early days. I used to be one of his advisors. He's a buddy, but they would not add more products to their products listing until they could expand out the one they had. Now you can argue some of their manufacturing headaches and whatever, but it turned out they stayed in a channel with a product and they only added the other ones when they reached the metrics and the number in the margin that they could. So I want everyone to be channel deep, not channel wide. Same thing for SKUs. I mean, you you were hinting at it just like before you went into channel, but like, <laughs> I think that like it's perfectly aligned with what Clay Collins used to say, Mel Boss at Lead Pages said, in order to build a seven figure business, said I would even say eight figures is, you know, one channel, one product with one audience, with one conversion funnel for one year. That was like his rule to like 1 million, right? That was like his, his, his saying. I love that. I and, love that. And uh, what you see is the, the second you add two products or two channels, the layers of complexity it aren't added. They're, they're multiplied. <laughs> and so then you get no reasonable significance um, across the board. Uh, so, yeah, and I would say just to jump on that, cause I love that. And yeah. I might actually steal that and go find that. <laughs> so, yeah. It just fits within all of, you know, I, I mean, I've had a lot of at bats, right? So I didn't just sleep at a holiday inn. So this isn't like I woke up and I'm like, you know what, let's try to be boring. That's the problem. It circles back to boredom, right? So if something is working and I want to make it work better, my inclination as a marketer is to go do something new, shiny, because it's more exciting. When in reality, I had to have this big shift in my brain. And I talk about this so much in our meetings for our company meetings, that the shift in my brain, and I'm only usually having this conversation or these types of conversations with the kind of the the front leader, the person who wants to like make new things, not the not the rank and file who is excited about consistency, but that person who is always trying new offers. The the dangerous part of that, you wake up wanting to create new stuff. I had to flip in my head uh something big deal. I had to make the things that weren't working in our current offer set my new things. Mm. I know that sounds really weird. But that was the only way in the early days I could overcome this like shiny new create stuff because I felt like new created more momentum than fixing what was right in front of me. But I will tell you, there are more businesses that could get into seven and into eight if they had an attitude of fixing what's right in front of them instead of starting something new. And so I'll tell you, I have, you know, we did this uh, for you guys. We created a, a landing page um for your audience that like we'll give away our books, our stuff, our materials. We want to give it away. All they have to do is opt in and they get it. And we can put that URL in the show notes for everybody. But I I wrote a book called the CEO's mindset. And it was kind of like this, like first phase of like, here's how I ran it. Here's what I broke. Here's what I do better. Here's really where I would do to run it. And one of the things in there that I speak about from a general tone is this idea that as a marketer or a product developer, we we will, instead of try to optimize an offer and we're really close, we'll just go run another one. And this is, and it's, it, it's this 
It's this issue of wanting to do something new. It's almost mavericky, entrepreneurial. By turning on something new, I've made some progress. And what it does is it dilutes any real chance that that company is going to ultimately succeed because we're distracted. Vinny, you crushed it. Oh my gosh, I love it, man. You're 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 the best pop. We're gonna have you. We're gonna have you back on this show. This has been absolutely <laughs> amazing. Tell everybody, you know, what this URL is, how how we can support you, what you're excited about next, and and uh, how people can get in touch. Okay, great. Yep. So we have um, at fullyaccountable.com forward slash rich ad. You will be able to go there and actually get. We're going to give you books. We're going to give you the things that we would say to do if you want to go run your back office as a profit center. We have built you tools there that you can go do this yourself. You can buy time and expertise from us, but you can also do this. I want everyone, I'm on this mission to have CEOs have enough financial fluency to go win at this game. Thank you, Vinny. Killed it. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of the Rich Ad Poor Ed Podcast. If you're like me and listen to podcasts on the go, go ahead and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and richadpoored.com slash podcast. And if you absolutely love the show, go ahead and leave a review and a comment, share with a friend. If you do, take a copy, screenshot of it, email me, zach at funneldash.com, show me you left a review, and I'll give you a free copy of the Rich Ad Poor Ed book. To learn more about the book, go to richadpoored.com. To leave a review, go to richadpored.com slash review. Thanks again.